the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. In a few moments, we will talk with Sean Carney. Sean Carney is the founders of forty, the founder and CEO of 40 Days for Life, uh, a, a fascinating and wonderful group that does stuff across the country. Um, and uh, he'll talk about some incidents. Things have uh, changed. The dynamic has changed in terms of um, uh, the treatment of people on the sidewalks where they do a lot of their uh, uh, protesting. And he's uh, he's concerned about it. He's also uh, he's a really uh, interesting interview. So we'll talk with him. And uh, we'll also uh, uh, I will fill you in uh, in just a moment about um upcoming events uh later in the program i'll tell you about eagle council which is happening in uh st louis in a few weeks so we'll talk about that and more uh, but welcome first visit proamericareport.com proamericareport.com and uh, if you go to there you can sign up for the daily wink the daily email that comes into your uh email uh account each morning at 8 a.m and you can uh get that by signing up 8 a.m east coast 5 a.m pacific so um the, there was a there is a a, a report out. Um, I think it was early Friday on the jobs, the July jobs report, which showed that only one hundred eighty seven thousand jobs were created, but unemployment fell to three point five percent. So the unemployment number looks and feels good. Right. I mean, there's a there's an argument within that. That people will tell you that, hey, wait a second. It looks like the jobs uh, looks like the um Jobs created are not uh, good enough jobs. They're not they're not significant jobs. They tend to be different job, whatever. But still, you can only look at the trajectory. You can only look at the trajectory. And and I think it gives you some sense. Uh, Forget about the specifics. I think in general, in general, I think it's um, it's true that the uh, unemployment is in a pretty good spot. I I, I don't know how to argue with that. I I do feel like there's um, there is a. I feel like there's a way that the Biden administration lies about the numbers that I don't know and we can't tell, but I don't think you can dispute it. But here's what I want to recover. You may remember a couple of years ago, I talked about what I called the uh, I called it the Eagle Index, the Eagle Index of the economy. And I said, if you look at unemployment, that's an important one. If you look at the stock market, that's an important, important one. But they, those two only sort of portend two things. But the stock market is about big business. And the unemployment is about individual workers. So what else can you look at? And one of the ones that I uh, one that I look at is, as I told you, is small business confidence. Small business confidence. Small business confidence is at record lows in the last year, and it is coming down off of incredible confidence in the in the Trump administration. The the positive message of what was happening in terms of small business and how they felt. And, you know, what I've always said is uh, the the economy, someone else told me this, but it's the best way to think about it. The economy is about 90% psychology. It's how people feel about what's going on. And then they move and, 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 and it's 10% of what I don't know, because I can't ever, I can never tell what the fed really does and if it helps anything and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, that's a big factor 
is the confidence, especially of small businesses. They drive more things. They drive more uh, of the um, uh, of the uh, how people relate to things than anything else. And the other one is consumer confidence and consumer confidence has uh, been ticking up a little bit, which is good. And it, but it's on, it's still way, way down from a couple of years ago. Uh, people, it dropped off the cliff. Again, when Biden got into office, the psychology changed. And I think it's taking a while for the basics to hopefully hold. But here's what I want to point to. The, the reality right now is I talk to people all the time and people tell me that they're la- they just don't feel good about what's going on. They're concerned about the direction of things. They're not sure what to make of it all. That's growing more and more. I, I did a I did a long uh, 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 visit uh, a while ago to uh, Pasadena, California, and I spent some time talking to different folks there. And you know, th- Pasadena is kind of a mixed city. It's um it's got some low income folks, but it's also got a lot of wealth. Uh, been around for a long time. But in talking to people, there was a great uncertainty. Two different people told me that they were uncertain how to to uh, approach going to college for their kids. That they weren't even sure their kids should go to college. That they were not sure that it was you know worth it. That it was going to work out. There is a problem right now, and I do blame the social media for it, in the sense that there's a problem that people have that they're almost too easily made anxious. You you don't even have insulation from the anxiety that comes. You don't have insulation when there's a talk of a recession and there still is talk of a recession and that, you know, the uh, the stock market uh, uh, had a correction this week in part because of um, of the uh, credit ratings. The credit ratings announced that they're down. They're downgrading America from uh, AAA to AA plus or something. And, And someone said, what does that mean for me? What does it mean for an individual? And I think the thing that it means for an individual mostly is everybody agrees is going to use, they're going to have to raise interest rates. And so they're going to raise interest rates again. And people, and so the stock market took a, a, a dive and people felt bad about it in real time. Now, maybe it's better to feel bad about things in real time. I don't, I don't know if that's, but I know we can't go back. I know we can't go back now. We are where we are. And so the question is, what are the signals that we should expect and hope? for from our government from our leaders how can we get the signals that can give people the confidence and one of them coming out of the uh of the pandemic in my opinion needs to be accountability it needs to be more transparency we need to know where the billions went to ukraine that's true we but we also need to know where the billions are that went to pandemic spending that went to different areas. We need to know where the money's going. People need to feel like, oh, I know another one. I went to a a, a, a city, I think it was in Chicago area, and the um, some, I said to someone, boy, every corner has a has painted on the ground a brand new crosswalk and also bike paths. I mean, every corner when you got to the intersections, they had them all marked out, really bright, brand new. And the person said, oh, yeah, that was in the uh, one of the the, the um, acts that uh, Biden signed that had spending in it. And it, it had a huge chunk of money for that little town, not a little, that, that town to do that, to do uh, paint the paint the streets. And, uh, OK, I guess that's not a bad thing. I mean, we want safety on the streets where people are crossing and all that. But you know what it is, is somebody gets paid to do that. 
Somebody gets money. Somebody gets your tax dollars to do that. And people, we need to have more transparency and then accountability. But I'm not even trying to get accountability right now. I, I, I think that that's so much harder to do because of the reality of it. We should do it. We should strive. But transparency is easier to do. You know, we've had on the program Adam Andrzejewski of OpenTheBooks.com. And uh, that's all he does is put stuff out and work. he works really hard at it. But he's a nonprofit. And he's a nonprofit that's constantly having to raise its own funds and do its own thing. That's a great job. But, you know, we ought to have a government that says, hey, you know what? We're going to make it transparent and we're going to brag about it. We're going to show you where the money went. I'm trying to talk about things that increase confidence, increase confidence, more confidence uh, in the system is going to be more valuable, which brings me as always, back to politics for one second or back to the political reality right now of the of the um, allegations against Donald Trump. The one thing that I haven't heard people say enough is no matter what you think about the elections of 2020, if you think they were perfect or if you think they were flawed, everyone agrees and admits that the elections are not auditable and they're not transparent. They all admit that. So that's not something new that, and that, that we go, you know, we, we can't, yeah, it's not, re- it's not readily auditable, uh, but you have to trust the system. You know, you have to, you have to trust the system, just trust us, but it's not auditable. It's not transparent, but you have to trust us. And the checks and balances for your trust of the system, the election system, are in 50 plus states, many, many more jurisdictions, and they have to be done six months before the election, and then you're not allowed to object. It's a crazy thing that the demand, the demand of the uh, of the facts in the Trump case is that you must accept that the election was completely on the up and up and without fraud uh, because why? Because they say so. And if you don't say so, you're a criminal. This is a pretty incredible uh, position to be put in. So that's my that's my only thought on this, on the economy. It doesn't feel like the economy is in the right direction. It doesn't look like from the uh, Eagle Index that it's in a good spot. You know, consumer confidence is down. Small business confidence is down. But I have to admit that uh, that unemployment is down, which is a positive, And the stock market is up. So as I said to you, the individuals probably can get jobs if they want them. Too many probably don't want to get them. That's a different problem, but it's a problem. And then the stock market, big businesses, and lots of portfolios are up. So that's a positive. But on the two other ones, confidence in the system, which is, as I said, a big, big part of it, it's uh, it's down and worrisome. So there you have it. That's what uh, what you need to know today is we'll look out, look out for consumer and small business confidence. When they're down like they are, it's a problem and people are anxious. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A few months ago, I was looking up in the archives. Probably two months ago, we had our next guest on the program. Sean Carney is the president and CEO of 40 Days for Life, a wonderful group uh, that does a lot across the country. A lot of different pro-life groups do different things. Uh, 40 Days for Life. In fact, Sean, when you maybe weave into your answers, talk a little bit more about the work broadly, but I've been very impressive. And Sean Carney especially has been playing this uh, role, I'd say, leadership role.
role in identifying what's going on and being willing to speak publicly about it. In this case, there is uh, he has uncovered um, an incident that occurred. And it's funny, Sean, I, before I realized you were on the show today, I was uh, having a conversation with a pro-life leader in Pasadena, California, and I was asking her about the hostility to her work and whether there was concerns. And in that town, it's been pretty good, actually. She hasn't had much uh, trouble, but uh, we see more and more this. Um, I, I hate to say, I hate to say it this way, but I feel it encouraged uh, aggression against pro-lifers, encouraged by the media, encouraged by the left, uh, and it's disturbing. So, uh, first of all, Sean Carney, welcome back, uh, President and CEO of Forty Days for Life. Thanks for coming on. Good to be back. Good to be back. And you're you're absolutely right. Um, we're seeing this encouraged hostility. We, of course, hold peaceful vigils outside of abortion facilities uh, around the world. We're in 1,600 cities and 64 countries. And here in the U.S., which is obviously our, our base and where we have most of our locations, um, people have just lost their minds since uh, Roe was overturned. Uh, we get one to two inquiries per week from the FBI or from local law enforcement, just asking us what we're doing while we're pro-life. Will you meet us? Will you meet us without an attorney? So we've, we've recently actually expanded our, our legal arm and created the Institute of Law and Justice because we, we've had to defend free speech and we've had to defend just our rights to be out on the sidewalk from, from our own government. Well, that's it. Now, that's even more interesting, especially in light of everything that's going on. But uh, 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 so we'll come. I'll circle back to that, I hope. Uh, but tell me about the specifics. I, I, I always find it uh, when especially talking to my listeners after a program, the specifics of what happened. And, you know, you and I will talk in generalities and I know you're right. But over in uh, Wisconsin, very specific, yeah. you know, the context of it. They'll walk us through what happened. Yeah. So there were, as we've seen, uh, <laughs> somebody somebody's trying to make drag queens great again. So we have one of these scenes where uh, a drag queen, these gay dudes dressed up as women, want to read to children, which is very scary, especially if you're the child. Um, and they're in public. And so this young man goes out and he's a Christian and he's got a small little handheld audio device. We use these all the time. They're not a big deal. And he's just reading scripture. He's not yelling at them saying, you're going to go to hell saying, you know, repent now. He's just basically reading different aspects of the gospel. And very calmly, by the way, he's not even shouting. And these cops, this is Wisconsin. Like what happened to just rooting for the Packers and eating cheese? These cops come out of nowhere, take his microphone and arrest him. And and his his buddies are filming him and they're like, what are y'all doing? And one guy's like, you guys are nothing but thugs, which is an accurate statement. And these cops, they don't say anything to them. They just take them away and they arrest them. And it's it's actually shocking. It sounds like something we'd say, like, we're being persecuted. It's just propaganda. But you can watch this video. This is like an 18-year-old kid. I mean, he's a good guy. He's not. But he's in the public right away. And because of his content, it's content-based, they they arrested him. Did it hold? I mean, did it hold? Uh, the video is, uh, as you point out, I mean, that, that great thing. Isn't that interesting? It's a great thing about the moment that we're in that you can record everything so we can see it. But it doesn't seem to stop a lot of people. On the other hand, it's, the, it, that's the point. It's so stupid. I mean, after George Floyd, why are cops going up to anybody? You know, right. I mean, half my friends that are cops have resigned, but like they're going up. There's a million phones. And, and is there no lesson of optics of like, this is like a young Christian kid who's just on the street and whatever, and he's peaceful. 
and we're just going to walk up and arrest him with 20 iPhones around? I don't understand that from the cop's perspective at all. Well, so and and so I want to ask you about this in two ways. One, I, I, I thought there was more. I think there is more aggression by the pro-abortion people against protesters also. Right. I think we've seen no that. There's a, and, and so but now I, I and, and in this case, we're talking about the institution and the, the law enforcement sort of stepping in. It was a, and now I'm not trying to give them any leeway, but were they clear in the streets of everybody? In other words, did they just want nobody out there it was still a violation of our rights. But is that do you, do you have a sense? I mean, or, or I guess the other side isn't out there. I don't know. No, that's that's the problem is that they the, the footage, they show the cops walking through the whole crowd and they just stop him and arrest mm. him because he has uh, the microphone. Um, now, there's a debate of what what did he have a sound permit and all that? But that is decimal based. You'll hear it in the we, we get sound permits a lot and we don't get them a lot. Every every city has a different decimal and they claim they were under the decimal required. But even if you have a sound violation, which I've had back in the day because we didn't get a permit, they come up and they're like, hey, man, you got to turn it down or you, you can't use the microphone. They don't right. arrest you. Right. <laughs> it's, I mean, right. it's crazy. Right. Yeah, no, that is exactly right. It's uh, it's interesting. All right. Um. So, Sean, what is the one of the things the pro life community has been talking about? I've heard it from different folks. Is oh look, Roe v. Wade is re- reversed in some states. They're limiting abortion, and in some states, more Planned Parenthood are closing. And in many states, Planned Parenthood is talking about doing abortion uh, through the mail, right? They mail the stuff to the home. And yeah. so there's there's people saying, oh, well, you know, the, the Planned Parenthood uh, buildings are no longer. Because one of the things 40 Days for Life is get on the sidewalk near a clinic and be in prayer and be, you know. So are you seeing uh, a, a change in expectation and focus? Where Where does 40 Days for Life see what they're doing and how it fits together? Yeah, the the mail order abortions, first off, are are highly um, overrated. Uh, Planned Parenthood is still strongly brick and mortar. They want you to do chemical abortion, but they want you to come in. Um, And when you come in, they can sell you on contraception. And certainly you trust them if you are too late and you want a surgical abortion. And so I I have actually we were really worried about mail order abortion. We had a plan to kind of counter it, but we haven't had to implement that. I'm surprised how much Planned Parenthood is still relying on their old model. Um, A lot of women also the the mail order abortion is a lot of posturing from pro-abortion advocates or corporate America. Hmm. Um, Most women don't want to have the Amazon guy bring them an abortion and do it in their house. It's just what. We probably will get there, but we're 10 years away, in my opinion. It's just not happening on the scale that we would believe because we would think, you know, I've got to, like, go in and get my oil changed. But now the guy can just come to my house and get my oil changed. I'll never do that again. It's not an overnight uh, flip. It is. It is they, they still want to go in. Um, also, you know, we have 23 states that are essentially abortion free, and this is highly regulated. You just can't ship just like you couldn't ship heroin into a state. Um, a lot of states are starting to outlaw. Texas has done it. Whether you receive the abortion or whether you send the abortion from your state, it's illegal. Hmm. So your so the strategy has not shifted. I mean, it's not shifted. It's it's aware of the pro of the of the change, but you're also um I, I, it, this, Planned Parenthoods are not slowing down on the transgender stuff too, and that's in Correct. person. That that that's that that's an in person thing. 
Yeah, that, that's an in-person thing. And the reason we're interested in that is because that's their business. And so goes Planned Parenthood in America. So goes the abortion industry. And we have shifted geographically. But after Roe was overturned, we lost cities for the best reason, which is their abortion facility closed. But to my surprise, we still gained U.S. cities because huh. so many people kind of got off the fence and, and realized this is this is the issue we're winning on is, is abortion. And, and f- as far as the culture war, uh, we're getting it handed to us and everything else. But it's it's a winner. And I think a lot of people said, you know what? I've always said I was going to participate in 40 Days for Life or lead a campaign. And they got off the fence. So we actually grew post row. Uh, Sean, I just have less than a minute left. I want to ask you to clarify one thing in there. You said Planned Parenthood's business model, and you said it's tied to the transgender. Is that is that a moneymaker for them, or were you talking about abortion as their moneymaker? Abortion is still their moneymaker. That's what I thought. It's yeah. about 70 grand to transition. Most people don't do the full meal deal, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just think they have too much competition in that area, and they essentially have no competition when it comes to abortion. Okay. Got it. All right. Sean Carney. Hey, Sean, remind me the website. I'm looking at my notes. I don't have it down here. Your website for folks is a 40 days for life.org. Yeah. 40 days for life.com. If you use the number 40, 40 days for life.com, we got a podcast. We got a free magazine. We got all yeah. sorts of stuff for folks. Yeah. Great. Great. And good. You do good work. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for coming on and thanks for being out there. And we'll have you back again. I want to talk about that legal uh, institute. We'll maybe do another segment on that. So, uh, Sean Carney, everybody, thank you. Uh, we will uh, take a break and we will be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I was just talking offline. I tell Garrett, I tell people all the time, Garrett Ziegler is our next guest. He's the founder and the head of the Marco Polo USA. If you go to MarcoPoloUSA.org, they're a nonprofit research group that uh, has been shining a light, uh, focusing on where the corruption is and how the corruption is not. Corruption is not just for fun. Corruption is to make someone behave differently, which is in we call blackmail. And so Marco Polo has done a great job. But we were talking off offline about how sometimes, you know, you get credit sometimes you don't the late phyllis schlafly who garrett uh, knew and i worked for you know she used to get some credit sometimes well garrett ziegler and his crew have for uh, i don't know a year plus had a document on the internet as well as published that is the biden laptop and it continued to say to people hey uh, you know by the way you're going to have a plea deal um we we went through the laptop and there's and you'll tell correct me 400 and something number of crimes based on the facts shown not based on you know conjecture these are these are what happened according to their own writing and photographs and over time i think garrett you deserve a ton of credit for the unraveling of the biden uh the hunter biden sweetheart secret uh deal so congratulations even if maybe no one else is congratulating you well thank you very much in, in the short term we wrote a letter to the judge on the 21st, that's uh, almost a week ago, so last Friday, and Robert Costello and Rudy Giuliani signed on to the letter with me that I wrote, and it's an ex parte. It wasn't filed as an amicus brief like the Heritage Foundation did. I really support them on that effort, and right. we can talk about that uh, a little bit because Hunter's attorneys tried to get that struck from the docket, right. and there was actually a big brouhaha around that. But basically, this letter, which is on our website, and perhaps you could put in the description, yep show it is a five pager and it goes through the allegations by the whistleblowers themselves so this is like you said not conjecture we laid out to the judge all of the federal statutes 
and prosecutorial misconduct that if what the whistleblower said was true uh, should throw cold water on the plea deal. Set aside everything that was brought up about yesterday with the diversion agreement referring to the plea agreement, although the diversion agreement is not supposed to be signed by the judge. Setting everything aside, they, the, the judge should be aware that this was a really atypical investigation. And I don't know where to start. There's so much, there's such a cornucopia of sin. It's hard to pick which topic to start on first. Do you go with the dirty prosecutors under David Weiss, who basically told them, told the investigators, the IRS guys, that they can't ask about the big guy. They can't ask about Joey. I mean, never in my life did I expect to be defending some of the line agents from the IRS, for God's sakes. But <laughs> this is, this is a cover up operation and what they were wanting to do yesterday like you said offline was they wanted they wanted both the cake uh and to be and hide to, it and hide yeah. it too the cake and hide it too they wanted they wanted it all and then they are going to hide it all that was yeah, the, they, that wanted was the a, trick. they wanted a global plea agreement yeah but they also wanted to say that they were uh, actively investigating hunter still so they couldn't answer questions about it right. and so what we have is a short-term win obviously the long-term win is justice i.e a, a, a real Justice in this scenario, because this gets lost, and this is this is my um, take based on, uh, like like you said, primary source evidence of 459 violations. A ju- justice would require about like a 40 count federal indictment of FARA m- uh, money laundering and sex trafficking. That is that is what actual justice would be. But in the short term, this is better than the alternative, which is just the judge rubber stamping it. So she's kicked the can for a month. She uh, recognizes that this has never happened before. She I went through the 110 page transcript, we were, which we were the only ones to request and post online yesterday from the hearing. She asked the prosecutor four different times if there's any if there's ever been any precedent for this. And he said no. So this is a truly unprecedented deal. And what do I mean by that, the government and the defense counsel for Hunter were putting together a quote unquote diversion agreement. But the diversion agreement alluded to the plea agreement. And yet the diversion agreement doesn't have a place for the judge to sign. And so this is not how it works. If they wanted to uh, get if they wanted to let Hunter off on the gun charge, they should have put it in the original information, which would have been part of the plea agreement. And right. so they made it into two different cases and it gets technical. But the the long and short of it is, is they wanted Hunter to get off Scott. I'm, I'm talking both parties here. Right. The, the both parties by I mean the prosecution and Hunter's team. The public thinks they're on different teams and you and I see it differently. We see the judge on one side, i.e. at least trying to get to the truth. Even if she's not honorable herself, she can't sign off on something that is unconstitutional. And, uh, and we see on the other side, Hunter's team and the government working in cahoots, play, basically playing a WWE wrestling match. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, uh, we're talking with Garrett Siegler again, Marco Polo, uh, USA.org. Um, Garrett, before I get, I don't mind doing it on air where on the website where's that letter i'm not seeing it right now and i want to go link to it if i i'm looking at marco polo usa.org do you want me to go through to the biden laptop is it better to be on uh, uh yeah, biden laptop but that one specifically is uh the, the url is on our Substack piece okay okay all right good or if if you're very technical you can simply uh if if, if somebody wants to type it in Manually, they can do markopolousa.org slash PDF slash Dear Judge Noreka. But our Substack is, it's free to read. It's 
right okay. there. Right, it's right, the Marco gotcha. Polo and on Twitter, Marco Polo 501C3. Yep, yep. I see it now. I got you. I got it. Okay. All right. So and I'll link to all that. Um, but you know, Garrett, one of the things I was going to say, I thought you were going to go to as, as, and to hear you talk about it and read the, the book again, Marco Polo USA.org. You can go and you can find it. And, and, uh, Biden laptop, uh, is a Biden laptop media.com is one of them and Biden laptop book.com. Is that the other one? Uh, just Biden laptop emails.com. Oh, emails. All the emails from the device. Right, right. Okay. So, but you know, one of the things, the tagline on Marco Polo USA is a nonprofit research group exposing corruption and blackmail. The mm-hmm. key here is that these are not just people having trouble. Like if you and I had a buddy from high school or college who had trouble in his life and he was doing things wrong, we'd be pretty upset for him and we we might want to hold him accountable. The, the point here is that we have a massive corruption problem and uh, almost everything in public life right now that Joe Biden is doing looks like it was something that could be compromised by this. The money came from Ukraine. Some of it came from China. Some of the decisions. I mean, it's a it's a blackmail problem, right? That's the other part of this. Yes, we are not. Our motive is not to embarrass people who, you know, get drunk one night and, and take stupid pictures. That's not what we're about. We're, we're about things that affect uh, government officials primarily. And so the reason why Hunter's Degeneracy matters is not just because, you know, we're boogeymen on the right making fun of some dude. It's because it opens his family up, who by definition is the most powerful f- family on planet Earth, at least in the United States. Some would say that Xi and Putin have uh, comparable power. But nevertheless, the U.S. family with the most power on our side of the pond has material out there that is uh, compromising in a in the superlative. It is it is hard to describe the level of degeneracy uh, and not just degeneracy, but more importantly, the the level of foreign financial entanglements that they have. And that was talked about yesterday in the plea deal. The judge made him recite. You got 1.5 from the Chai Coms. Now, Hunter didn't put it this way. He called it a Chinese energy conglomerate, a private equity fund in China. There's no such thing as private equity in China. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But, but she made him go through it. And so uh, to all your listeners, yesterday was a tentative win. Obviously, we're going to be uh, writing a, another letter to her attaching pictures of Hunter Biden's attorney, Kevin Morris, uh, smoking a huge bong on his porch. And because she brought up yesterday that if uh, Hunter can't even smoke weed uh, because it's a federal crime, it doesn't matter what happens in California. So we're going to be writing to the judge asking for a hair follicle test to be taken because they've provided zero zero evidence that Hunter is actually clean. He testified to the judge yesterday that he has been. But these guys lie like you and I breathe. I know this for a fact, Ed, because I sat in a room with these people for nine hours. I was deposed by Hunter Biden's attorney for nine hours because I was a witness in his child support case. They they lie effortlessly. And the judge is starting to figure that out with regard to this other fiasco where they tried to get uh, an amicus brief struck from the docket. And the judge asked them to submit an affidavit about how they were uh, not misrepresenting the court. Right, right. Yeah, so, that was an amazing. That also was on you and I talking offline. That was unprecedented, too. I mean, you do that kind of thing to a federal judge. Um, you're you're taking your uh, legal life in your own hands. So <laughs> the, the, the staff attorney at Latham was right. um, basically trying to catfish the assistant clerk. Yeah. And, 
Amazing. Yeah, amazing. All right, Garrett, unfortunately, I'm out of time. Garrett Ziegler, uh, I encourage everyone, get over to MarcoPoloUSA.org. Check his stuff out. Link through. Click through the Substack I'll put up there. It's an extraordinary amount of information. It's not going away. We'll have you back again, Garrett. i got to run, unfortunately, on a a hard deadline. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Three Senate Democrats who must face voters next year in states that President Donald Trump won have voted with Republicans to reverse President Biden's partial forgiveness of student loans. As you could have predicted, Joe Biden vetoed the bill, which passed both houses under the streamlined provisions of the Congressional Review Act. Nonetheless, it's clear that the honeymoon with liberal colleges is over. Recent generations of Americans have been told that a college degree was the pathway to prosperity and worth borrowing for. But now, $1.78 trillion in student loan debt suffocates 43.5 million Americans, while the good jobs needed to pay off the debt have mostly disappeared due to phony free trade. The debt ceiling compromise of a few months ago that had been applauded by the media requires a resumption of payments and interest on student loans by August 30th. The deal also prohibits Biden from pausing student loans again, to the chagrin of progressive voters who want a free ride. Student debt was not so much of a problem when manufacturing and other high-paying jobs were available to work it off. But the May jobs report, for example, also praised by the media anxious to boost Biden, showed a loss of manufacturing jobs, while other employers were cutting hours and not increasing wages as fast as inflation. College education was once hailed as the best and surest path to wealth. No qualification was given on what college degrees would truly lead to success, so generations of Americans were left with the impression that all degrees are created equal. Consequently, your tax dollars are used to subsidize the phony women's studies degrees of indoctrinated young people who will never be able to use those degrees in the workplace, but who will gladly vote Democrat for the rest of their days. In spite of this insanity, a new generation is wising up to the fact that the trades are rapidly taking the place of the bachelor's degree as the surest path to fulfillment and prosperity. It's time to end the higher ed racket. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height filling in again here for Mr. Ed Martin, closing out the show. Man, those were a couple of great guests. I hope that you enjoyed it today. I know I did. 
Here we are at the end of the program. I wanted to wrap uh, something up for you. There's another topic. It's also something that you need to know. It just didn't quite make the cut for the wink, so it's it's going to be here at the end. It's going to be the wrap-up. But, um, again, in the effort of uh, pursuing truth and looking at things that are happening uh, around, uh, around the globe, but uh, particularly here in American politics, there is an article that uh, I think you should take a look at, and it really is just kind of baffling when you when you take everything into perspective. Here's here's a factoid. We'll take these last uh, couple of minutes here. I want you to understand something. Did you know there is now far more evidence, not just hearsay, evidence to impeach Joe Biden over Ukraine than there ever was for Trump? The, the, and it just hang with me here for a second because i am not looking for some sort of political tit for tat they impeached ours we're going to impeach theirs i'm not looking to just you know without reason uh uh defend a candidate that i voted for to defend the republican president or donald trump above all the this is this is just a pure unbiased look at facts well i say unbiased it's not there i have a bias i am biased toward the truth (laughs) there you should be biased toward the truth there's a tidbit that one's for free you're welcome but (laughs) um there is more evidence now to impeach joe biden over ukraine than there ever was for trump let me remind you of course trump was impeached two times now one of them after the incredibly long and unfruitful investigation, otherwise known as witch hunt, by Robert Mueller, the special prosecutor appointed to go after Trump and the Russia collusion, the Russia hoax, Russia, 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 um, after two long years of investigation, the House plowed forward anyway under the leadership of Nancy Pelosi in filing articles of impeachment against Donald Trump over Russian collusion. That one, of course, the House voted to do what they were going to do from the get-go, and they voted to impeach Donald Trump, uh, and then it went to the Senate, and it fell flat on its face because there was nothing there to connect the dots. But as flimsy as you and I may have believed that impeachment to be, the second one, which went by so incredibly fast, was just mind-bogglingly ridiculous. And I'm sorry if I've used a lot of adverbs, but it's hard sometimes to describe the stupidity of things that happen in our nation's capital under this administrative, bureaucratic-run state. So here, here, let me remind you of the second impeachment hoax as it relates to Ukraine, the phone call. The phone call, you may have heard Trump refer to it, the perfect phone call. The phone call between then President Trump and Ukrainian President Volodymyr uh, Zelensky. This was, of course, an anonymous whistleblower. We've now learned this is Eric, uh, what's his name, Eric Ciamarella uh, from Real Clear Investigations, a whistleblower who tipped off uh, the same ridiculous ridiculously corrupt people behind the Russian collusion hoax, and they alleged that the President of the United States, Donald Trump, was leveraging military aid uh, in Ukraine for deep state investigations of his political opponents. They said he was withholding $400 million in military assistance to Ukraine in exchange for a politically motivated investigation of Hunter Biden. Well, interestingly enough, the facts have all come out now, and it turns out that uh, Hunter Biden had, in fact, been leveraging his family name to conduct very lucrative overseas adventures uh, and uh, business adventures. And it turns out that his father was, in fact, very connected 
to that. So, of course, we've impeached Trump now. And this is, again, it's, I say, you know, you almost forget that this happened because we spent so many years on the Russia hoax. And then they spent days zipping this one through the process, claiming that Donald Trump uh, had a quid pro quo with Ukraine. He demanded something for his uh, you know, political investigation against his opponent in return. There was a quid pro quo. Well, the uh, publicly released transcript of the phone call in question shows no quid pro quo. In fact, it does show that uh, Trump demanded of Zelensky, uh, one of the world's most notoriously corrupt countries, you'll remind yourselves of this with me, uh, that Ukraine has always been a very notoriously corrupt country. Uh, Trump was demanding that they rid the government of the corruption surrounding the peddling of the Russia hoax that has done irreparable harm to the United States of America. Some kind of quid pro quo is simply a Democrat pipe dream. They dreamed it up, they impeached him over it, and it didn't exist. However, now... If you will remember with me, and we'll do this real quick as we bring the show to a close here. Last week, Chuck Grassley in Iowa made public the huge bombshell, an FBI document that actually shows a $10 million bribery scheme connecting an executive from the Ukrainian energy firm where Hunter Biden sat on the board, a legitimate quid pro quo connection to Joe Biden, our current commander in chief. Uh, literally, quite literally, what what does Ed call this? The Tucker Carlson syndrome, the Tucker the Tucker rule, whatever it was, whatever they're accusing other people of is almost often what the left is doing themselves, and that is exactly the case here. So I'm going to post this in the show notes. You got to go take a look at this. It's just it is beyond belief, especially when you take into account exactly what they accused and pointed the finger toward Trump of, and now we uh, get it pointed right back at Joe Biden. But are we talking about it? Of course not. Of course they're not going to talk about it because it's not about the truth. It's about hating their political opponent, uh, Donald Trump, or whoever it is at the time. So, there's your wrap-up. Go and take a look at that. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for a couple of great interviews. Uh, Thank you to Ed for being a good host and interviewer. Thank you for listening and making this show a success. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our wonderful technical producer in San Diego, uh, who makes a lot of these things happen. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the email list. You'll get this and other things great and straight to your inbox. And we will look forward to seeing you again here on the Pro America Report. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.